back in your life on this early, early morning edition of the Wrestling Podcast. Not early for you, my friends, but early for us, for a show that promises to be less a wrestling conversation and more of a test of Gareth and I's abilities to form sentences at 7.30 in the morning, British summertime. But there's so much great wrestling to talk about that I'm hoping the enthusiasm will carry along our vocabularies like suitcases on a conveyor belt at your local airport. This, my friends, is the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. This is episode 32. And oh my gosh, we're only just, well, two episodes away from having as many episodes as years of age, or from my perspective anyway, good lord. But we got tons to talk about today. We're sticking with our pals at the Cyberfight Stable because they are producing some good stuff out in Japan at the second. We're talking DDT, we're talking Tokyo Joshi Pro. Let's start with the former. Uh, this was Max Bump. Gareth, let's get into it. What did you think of this show? Two really good title matches on the show. The rest was enjoyable, but sort of largely unimportant, but enjoyable wrestling. Yeah, that seems to be the kind of the flow of a lot of the less big DDT shows mm. where they kind of have the a couple of marquee matches and the rest is perfectly fine, but not necessarily pivotal or, you know, only moves the story on incrementally, which I can I can appreciate. You know, I suppose they have to build somehow. They don't have weekly tv or at least no, exactly TV we watch. so yeah no, I, I can get that as well but the big ones were big indeed so we had uh two of our favorites here on the wrestling podcast uh, chris brooks and saki akai going at it uh for well two titles on the line mm -hmm. here, ddt extreme title and the iron man heavy metal title which i have it in my mind that i'm gonna try and win at some point just fyi i'm coming for you guys <laughs> um, and we also had a big universal title match uh with one of my favorites and for my money one of the standout stars of the year thus far in yuki ueno and he was going up against summer takao where should we start gareth what would you like to kick off with the double title match i think let's do let's it jump in there let's do it for my money, this was far and away Akai's best singles match that I've seen from her. Like, mm. Largely, I've seen her take part in, in tag team contests. Yeah, so, so yeah, this this was fantastic, and it kind of really just shows, you know, how good she is outside of the confines of of tag team competition. Yeah, uh, a big day for for uh, Akai more generally. Two ma two great matches in <laughs> one one day here. I was thinking this, you know, we, we don't do a, a wrestler of the week at the second. And I wonder if we should start implementing that just for a bit of a bit of a laugh. But if we did have one, then it would surely have to be Saki Akai. Yeah, you, you know, would... two very good outings. Yeah, in, in kind of marquee matches on both shows as well. Yeah, yeah. And portraying different characters. No yeah, less. absolutely. You know, yeah. like, that's, I think this, this really made me appreciate... So the different work that goes into the sort of two personas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, because because obviously I'm I was aware of how different they were, but I've maybe not watched kind of two shows where she was in such you know important matches back to back like this. And yeah, it just really, I think it really just shows you the juxtaposition between the the kind of the iterations of of who she is portraying. Yeah, and that's that's something special, isn't it? You know, the ability not only the ability to show a different side to yourself or to develop a different character, but to flip between the two in such close proximity is very impressive mm -hmm. indeed. And I just kept watching and thinking, Saki Akai, I mean, she's already a big deal you know, within the realm that she wrestles in, but I feel like she should be a much bigger deal. You know, she's so impressive. She does such cool stuff. She has a great look. And she's just so damn tall, you know. <laughs> she she really feels like somebody AEW should be trying to poach. Yes. For a tour. Yes. At the very least, you know, if not full time, you know, I'd be obviously be very sad to see her leave the cyber fight stable of companies. It'd be but, a, this would be a bad time to leave, I would I, say. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if she's not on their radar as somebody that like champing at the bit to get in then I think there's something very wrong. I think they're all going. I think you'll see the whole eruption trio there mm. at some point. But the thing is, and I'm starting to become more relaxed about this part of the conversation, we've seen now Ito-chan go over, we've seen the main man, Takeshita man, head over, and then they've come back. And it doesn't feel like 
when somebody goes to WWE, that's kind of it. You don't see them again outside of WWE. Yeah. They're playing a lot nicer, at least at the moment, with people being able to, you know, dip in and dip out. And actually, from a wrestling fan's point of view, even with an E, that makes it a lot of fun. It does make it a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it's great. So I'm a bit more relaxed about sending people to AEW at the second. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, and it just further made me want Akai to have that universal title match. Yes. Yes. Why is that so tantalizing? I don't know. There's it, just something about the way UNO wrestles as well. Mm, I feel they would really mesh together. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's, it was just really nice to see Akai have a another big, important, serious match in DDT just because she, with the Ironman heavy metalweight title run she's been on the last couple of months, she's been involved primarily in sort of more comedic stuff mm-hmm. of which she's very talented mm-hmm. she's she slots in great i really enjoyed the comedy work but it was just a breath of fresh air again to now see her in this you know just up and down great wrestling match yeah it's just range and versatility isn't it that's what you want from your your wrestlers and that's what you you're getting at the second from saki akai she can do many many things and it's, it's just nice to see and i also i'm chomping at the bit for another high-level six-man with the eruption tandem as well, because it feels mm. like a while since we've seen all of them together in a big match too. So Definitely. that's if you're a performer, that's an exciting position to be in because there's lots of different avenues that people want to see you, which is you know only going to generate more opportunities. Oh, for, oh, for sure. You know, so we've, we've really focused on Akai here, and I think rightly so, but Chris Brooks more than held up his end of the bargain here as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I I think Chris Brooks is probably one of the best wrestlers in the world at this point. He doesn't get talked about in that fashion, but I think he is because he goes everywhere. Yeah. He's a real, he's a proper journeyman wrestler, but he has banging matches in, you know, a multitude of different styles and and different settings. I'm thinking Choco uh, primarily here. And he just does such great work in a, in a quite a niche area mm-hmm. in terms of intergender wrestling mm-hmm. and, and tag team wrestling for that matter as well. But certainly intergender stuff, you know, he's so good at those matches. He is. And this is another example of it. Uh, uh, absolutely. You know, and I thought he, he sold really well for Akai here as well. Like some of the kicks that were just absolutely flooring him from, from Akai were, yeah. were, were, were incredible. Yeah. No, absolutely. And just a note on the kicks, actually, you do kind of see that level being brought across to Tokyo Joshi Pro as well. You know, she kicks to kill. And when they land, good Lord, they sound like gunshots, don't they? Um, And yeah, just Brooks' submission game in this match, I really enjoyed as well. Just, you know, wrapping up, you know, true to sort of his calamari nickname. (laughs) Yeah, he really was just tying tying Akai up, you know, all the limbs. It was just really impressive to watch. Yeah. It's not often that you see two people that are sort of tall and slender. Just all arms and legs. Yes, in a match. Do you know what I mean? You normally see them paired with somebody that looks slightly different or what have you. This was like, it was a bit like, what if Mr. Tickles fought Mr. Tickles? It was (laughs) exciting. Ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) But it was was good to see. And it did create something very unique i'd like to see these guys wrestle again yeah hopefully in the not too distant future i'm officially stating this one belongs on on the spreadsheet as well folks this spreadsheet is packing up um there was a little conversation in the inside the ropes chat the other day about matches of the year and i was thinking good lord you don't want to get into this conversation with us because we've got about 40 in line at the second (laughs) it's just wild you'll be whittling them down at some point yes what are we doing 21 wrestling 21 yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, we're going to have our work cut out for us, but it'll be a fun show. Um, so that was, yeah, a cracking match. Chris Brooks picked up the victory. He's now a double champ in DDT. They clearly see a lot in him. Yeah. So, you know, he's what? So he's now held three titles in DDT thus far. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so, surprisingly, not a tag one. Yeah. You know, which is what you think of when you think brooks initially like but i've i'm really glad he's gotten to have uh you know really break out as a singles performer over in ddt yeah i don't disagree so where does he go from here then extreme title iron man heavyweight title there's a lot you could do i Mm. wonder if 
Shinmo will be sniffing around trying to get at yes. least one of those belts, uh, having had one taken away from him. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he makes it onto the Cyberfight card, the, the Cyberfight Festival card. Yeah, agreed. There's a few on there that probably should be there but aren't already, but we'll get into that. Absolutely. All right, let's head up to the DDT Universal title match. Um, Yuki Ueno against Soma Takao. Another belter from Ueno. Absolutely. Yeah, he's just on a real streak of great matches. Yeah, par for the course at this point, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think he might at this point be, you could argue, the person that's really cemented themselves as the universal title champion. Yeah, he, yes. is, he, is, the, he is the person I now probably most closely associate the title with, just because he's had this series of great defences. Yeah, and it's so great. I love the way this is happening as well. You know, it's... Every couple of weeks, you get a big defense, and it's built up, and you get all the drama and stuff at the press conference. And it's interesting because more people seem to want to try their luck with Ueno than with previous champions. I'm not quite sure why. Perhaps he's quite young. I don't have it in front of me. Um, he does look quite young. And but you know, he gets in the ring, and he more than proves it. But it's just such a fun structure, and you can basically mm. look up and down the roster, or look into some of the other adjacent rosters. And think, well, who's it going to be next? It's a very, it's quite a tantalizing process. It's not dissimilar to um, like mainstream wrestling where you get, you know, an open challenge for a particular belt mm-hmm. and you're guessing as to who's coming in next week and yeah. you get a fun work rate match out of it. It's a really nice formula. Long may it continue, I think. Absolutely. Had you seen Summer to Cal before? Not a great deal, no. no. So again, this was really awesome seeing him in a sort of high level singles match here has made me really sit up and take notice yeah definitely i know going forward he's gonna be somebody i'm like oh you know if i see that name on a card now i'm gonna sit up and really take notice just out of interest on a personal level how much bandwidth do you think one can one needs in order to remember all of these wrestlers that we're getting at the second because oh, i, do I don't it's wild, <laughs> I don't think i've it? got it all because I, I feel like we've just had a, you know, when, when we started doing this podcast, we knew of a lot of wrestlers. Um, you know, we were coming to you not as experts and are still not, but certainly, you know, with a, a degree of experience and exposure to global wrestling. But since then, it's been as if somebody's just shoved a Pokedex in front of us. And <laughs> good Lord, there's so much out there. It's incredible. And, you know, I've, I've got wrestlers that, we literally weren't talking about at the start of this year. Rina Yamashita is a great example, who I now actively seek out her mm, stuff. Mm. And there's just, there's only so many hours in the day. It's crazy. But, you know, what a nice place to be, though. There's oh, just absolutely. I, I'm so just much enjoy- good stuff. I, it's definitely been one of those things that the kind of further we go down this path, the more and more kind of exciting it is. Just, yeah. I keep, yeah. we keep just kind of discovering, well, discovering for us anyway new wrestlers that were like oh my god like how has this person not been hugely in our radar before and you then have this back catalog of matches from them that you can go and seek out and yeah. every time they're announced for a new card you're like god damn yes can't wait to see that now it's so exciting it's really great stuff it's, it's a fun place to be as a fan definitely all right anything else on this uh this show you wanted to chat about i really enjoyed the um the three-way six-man tag match the sort of 37 Kamina against Damnation and uh, Eruption yes. was was a lot of fun as well. Like that, So that's probably the other match that's really worth your time to seek out. I'd say the two title match, the, the two singles title matches and that, uh, that tag match are the kind of the highlights of this card. And yeah, just really exciting to see Tekesterman back and, back. you know, with his, with his bros. Yes, definitely. Did you watch much of his um, AEW stuff? I think he only had two matches. No, I haven't seen any of it yet. Like I, I think we've been over this before, like in in person, just between us. I am so far behind on AEW. So I just because there's too much other wrestling to watch, and that's too much. So basically, all of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast takes precedent, and I will try and watch AEW. But I think I'm. 10 or 12 weeks behind oh my word yes absolutely well if you do get a chance in particular seek out the match against danny limelight who's one of my favorites mm, on the i really US. like limelight so yeah to versus limelight is an absolute banger it's up for free on youtube actually so no, no reason not to check it out 
uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, uh, let's leave it there for Max Bump then. Um, good stuff from DDT. After the break, we're going to be chatting about Tokyo Joshi Pros. Yes, Wonderland 2021. We are still in the middle of our dreams. Back in a moment, we move. And we're back. So we're talking about Tokyo Joshi Pros. Yes, Wonderland 2021. We are still in the middle of our dreams. And it feels was, like it is that early. <laughs> it, it really does. Uh, I could not get out of bed this morning. It was a real struggle. Um, you did very I can, well. I can imagine it was even worse for you, though. So Liam, Liam's been having a tough week. It's been a tough week in, in my household, I'm afraid, because uh, my, my young daughter has had her first cold, which on paper doesn't sound too bad, but in reality means that she can't breathe, therefore can't feed, therefore can't sleep. It's uh, It's been a tough one. But we're here, we're doing the thing, and Gareth's very kindly agreed to record this at 7.30 in the morning uh, just because it makes life easier on my end. So what a chap. He's less of a morning person than I am as well, so this is really good stuff. I've, I've got a wild day today. <laughs> <laughs> if, if this comes out anywhere near coherent, I'll be absolutely delighted. And uh, if it comes out anywhere near the four o'clock release time, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Back to normal next week, folks. Okay, let's chat about this show then. This was this was a cracking show. Oh, it was. Yeah, I think early doors, the the first couple of matches, you know, just short, fun Tokyo Joshi Pro tag matches that you know and love with characters that you you love, and then it kind of kicked into high gear once we got to the idol tag team match, and then everything after that just kept on, just kept giving. You know, it was a, a great great run. The the what not even latter half of the show like two thirds of the show was you know all killer. You'd have to say I think this is probably one of the best cards of the year thus far, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Certainly in terms of delivery, you know, these were there was some really good stuff on this mm, show, mm. and actually that is symptomatic of TJPW as a whole, particularly on their big shows. There's a lot to look forward to. They're really kicking out some great stuff for the second. They so really, they really do deliver. If you're not already on the bandwagon, this is a great time to jump on because there's so much good stuff, and they're dabbling more and more in English commentary, which this show was the beneficiary of as well. So it's getting easier and easier to find an entry point for Tokyo Joshi Pro. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's it's so so good, and that that this combined with the weekly the twice weekly one match English commentary shows on Rusty Universe as well. You know, it's never been a better time to get into to try and get into Tokyo Joshi Pro. Definitely. Um just as an overall, what did you make of the commentary on this one? We had Brooks and we had the the Noah tag team of Mark and Stuart. Mark who we uh, spoke to a couple of weeks ago about pro wrestling Noah. I thought they handled themselves pretty well. Yeah, I think they do a good job. I, I like that you've got the Noah commentary team giving it a more sport feel yes, and then Brooks there to kind of fill in any of the Joshi gaps for them. Absolutely. That's exactly what I thought. I was pretty much word for word my notes. Um, and also to bring a little bit of levity, not constantly, it wasn't uh, shoved down your throat, but he did make some jokes or make light of things where they probably should be made light of yeah so i think it it worked really well as a, as a trio enjoy him referring to may as a goblin oh my god yeah may as a goblin <laughs> fantastic stuff in fact he just went after may for the yeah, whole that was trip. perfect <laughs> and then Stuart saying that's rough chris <laughs> ridiculous it's, yeah so my favorite little tick of his on commentary is just running down may i didn't piss her off she'll <laughs> she'll come after you with that tray Oh, absolutely. She's like Captain America with that thing. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gosh, so much to get into here. Uh, what did you think of the idol tag match then? Let's start there. So good tag match. Um, I thought Yuki Arai made a good showing of herself for yeah. what was her, her first match. But I really liked, I think this was laying the groundwork for a potential feud through the through the years. Yes. Her and Ito-chan. Yes. You know, so it'll be, it's now going to be her trying to prove herself to Ito. And I imagine they'll have sort of matches that come around every six months, every, you know, once a year or something. Her keep, keep on trying until such time as she, she can beat Ito. Yeah. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because in many ways, her journey is likely to mirror Ito's. Yeah. You know, in that she, you know, 
she was trying to prove herself to Luxi Yamashita and and latter more latterly Mizuki, and those were feuds that run and run and run and perhaps still running to an extent. But certainly Makito is now more established and more accepted within the Tokyo Joshi Pro mm. roster. At least that's what the story feels like yeah. it's telling us. She's the old guard now and mm, you know almost yeah yeah it's it, i think it's fascinating that they're going down this route and i think it's exactly the right thing to do as yeah. well so I yeah very just, exciting you know it, i think there's just some good long-term storytelling that goes on in tokyo joshi pro that maybe yeah. flies a little bit under the radar yeah i don't disagree uh also shout out to my wantanabe who's one of my low-key faves mm. in tokyo joshi pro just so damn strong really stands out oh absolutely so, so yeah, a good t- so basically, I think if you watch the show and you know you tuned in from here, you'd have been like blown away, like for, mm-hmm. from everything from here onwards, um, yeah. because that number one contendership three way match that came up next. Oof. Oof! Oh my word! Well, we said last week there is no possible way to get a bad match out of the outcome of this because the winner of this triple threat was going to go on to the Cyber Fight Festival 2021 to face mm. the winner of the Princess Princess title match between Rika Tatsumi and Mayu Yamashita. The constituents of this one were Yuko Sakazaki, Mizuki, and Shoko Nakajima. It's all good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no combination that doesn't work. Three of the very best in TJPW here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they worked, you know... This match only went just just north of eleven minutes. I know that's crazy, and isn't it? was just so fast paced. And I think they did a really good job of not falling into the usual triple threat trope of one person being dead on the outside for long periods of time. I hate that. I really hate that. And I, I go back to what was the one that really broke the mold back in the day? It was Joe Styles and Daniels in mm. TNA, I think. And they just had an absolutely incredible triple threat where they were all in the ring pretty much for the whole match. And it really was, you know, three men going at it the whole time, mm-hmm. as, you, as opposed to, you know, what you just alluded to there. And yeah, this is this is the kind of triple threat that I like. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And yeah, I, I honestly was just biting on every nearful just because I had no yeah, I had no idea who was gonna win this one. No, no, I know. And so Yuka Zakazaki came out on top. She goes to Cyberfest Festival. I think that I can I can back any decision here, but I can certainly back that one. Yeah. I think she's probably one of the biggest names in Tokyo Joshi Pro, and it, it does feel like the way the, the Cyber Fight Festival card is being formulated, that they're very much trying to put their biggest names there because they've yeah. got a big old arena to fill. You want uh, that best anything. of the best feel, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So I can I can get behind this. Really good stuff. Just more, please. More more from these guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Shoko Nakajima's so good as well, isn't she? So oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. A real shop window for three of the absolute best Joshi wrestlers in the world today, I would say. Yeah. I, I think perhaps in isolation from this show, if I was going to show anyone a match from this card, it would probably be that one. Yeah, no, same. Same, because it doesn't go on for too long, so you're not asking too much of a new fan's attention span or anything like that but it's got the sort of pace and the flashiness and characters that would hopefully capture somebody's imagination. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think so. You, yeah. you don't need, you can come in not knowing anything about any of these three characters and I feel like it kind of immediately get it. Yeah, well, the one you always say to me is um, Rey Mysterio Kurt Angle from uh, uh, SummerSlam quite mm-hmm. a while back now. And that was another not dissimilar affair where it was, you know, not brief, but... It didn't outstay its welcome. It was fast-paced. It was flashy. And as a new fan, this is the sort of thing that may grab your attention. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think this is definitely within that mould for sure. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic match. Um, yeah. And then we get into the three back-to-back title matches. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Okay, international princess title match. Up first, that's Yuki Kamifuku, or Kamio for shorthand against Hikari Noah, who's having so many good matches in Tokyo Joshi Pro at the second that I think they should rename the promotion to Pro Wrestling Noah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'll <see> myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Good job. Yeah, so this was another goodie. I was surprised that they finished. You know, I yes. honestly thought we were going to see Kamifuku hold on to this in the long term. Mm-hmm. But... I guess her dropping it here does kind of free her 
to maybe move up the card, which I think, you know, I think this this rain has allowed her to do so. It's elevated her. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was it's a bit of a rock and a hard place in a way because her title match or her run of title matches definitely has raised her stock and you could see it continuing to do so in a, a similar way to what we were talking about with Ueno over yes. in DDT. That's but a good, good comparison, I think. I always think that if companies have the chance to catch lightning in a bottle, then they should. Mm. And Noah is hot right now. You know, that match that she had with Yamashita was madness. And it feels like she's got some momentum behind her. She's starting to get some traction. And I think she's very, very good as well. So um, as much as it shocked me to see Camille lose the belt, I'm in favor of Noah taking it forward. And I think somebody on commentary alluded to maybe her her desire to do more deathmatch wrestling mm. coming in here so she can kind of call her shot a bit. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun seeing her develop as champion. Maybe we can have uh, Hikari Noah challenge Chris Brooks. Mate, I'm all for it. That's a great booking <laughs> decision. Let's do this. He hasn't held the Princess Princess title yet. Um, <laughs> he, he could finally be uh, the the best Gaijin Joshi wrestler of all time. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I'm all for this. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this was a goodie. Um, and really kind of kicked off a run of in- increasingly great title matches here. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I really noticed about this one, and I'd like to see more of, but you don't get it as much in Joshi wrestling, but Camus, one of the tallest on the roster, mm. if not the tallest, and you could really feel the size difference, not just in when they stood opposite each other, but in a lot of the moves. Mm-hmm. And one I wanted to bring up in particular was at one point, Camille had uh, Noah in an octopus hold. And it was the most octopus-like of yeah. any octopus holds I've ever seen. You know, it really did feel like, you know, she had eight limbs and was completely engulfing Noah. And if... it looked, it's the most, probably the most brutal version of that move mm. I've ever seen. Which... It just looked really overwhelming, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, like someone like Zack Sabre Jr., for example, has a great octopus hold, but this one was just smothering. And mm. I think that's possibly down to the size difference, but mm. it was fantastic anyway and made for a real close call. Two other points on this one I wanted to raise with you. For one, were you aware of the Blizzard suplex prior to this match? Uh, no, I don't know if I was. No, neither was I. And what a cool finish that is, yeah. sort of Uranagi with a bridge awesome and looks like a match ender as well oh definitely i really liked i really liked it being sort of a top rope release variation yes and then finish you know quickly followed up by the regular version with a beautiful bridge for the one two three absolutely and very much a match ender for sure you know there's no no shame to to be had knocking you out after those two moves the other quick point i wanted to make as well was on the pinfall just some Really great camera work. Don't know if it was by hook or by crook, but you had Makito, who was out with some of the other wrestlers as seconds uh, in the background. And you could see when the three count landed, you know, her reaction is she threw her hands up in the air. She was shocked. And I just thought that was a really nice little bit of uh, just a little sprinkle of something else that added something to this match and made it seem more important. Yeah, no, of course. Okay, heading up top to the tag title match mm. uh, Neo Bishkigan of Mesa Michelle and Saki Sama against uh, Team B-Star uh, which is Mayumi and Suzumi yeah making their first defense of their newly won tag team crowns and yeah what, what a match yep another Bro- absolute banger I really enjoyed just May just gets it, doesn't she? Just yeah, all she the does. all the little details of her character. Yeah. Uh just the movements of her body, you know, how she carries herself, how she portrays herself. It just really, really works. And she's uh, so aware of the camera as well. Yeah. In a good way. Ever since Aki told us that, you can really see it. You know, she always finds the camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's great stuff. I was thinking actually, Neobishikan is actually it's just a team made up of two of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> which is great, you know, doing yeah. something a bit different. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not just do Yeah. Not just doing straight ahead stuff. It's no. just real character work stuff. And just how good Sakisama is at uh, playing the kind of sort of aloof, yes. disinterested 
which again, you know, so to go back to talking about the previous match. So, you know, just in case you aren't aware, if, if you don't watch these shows, Saki, Saki Sama and Saki Akai are one and the same. One and the same. Um, and yeah, so she just portrays this very kind of aloof, disinterested, you know, fancy character. And, but it plays into her ring work as well. It's not just a, a gimmick. It really does feel like on a cellular level, that is who she is when uh, she's wrestling as as part of as, as Saki Sama. Yeah, indeed. It's very impressive. And yeah, and the same goes for May. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real character. Yeah, it's a real change that they a metamorphosis that they undergo when they become Neo Bashiki Goon. I was thinking that in the wrestling multiverse, if it was possible, one match that I'd really like to see is Neo Bashiki Goon versus the Best Bros. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. work quite well together as as characters. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, it'd be like, or you, you could do it in a video game. You'd, yeah. you'd have like alternate attire May. <laughs> We've got some clever people listening to us. Make it happen, people. If, if somebody out there knows how to do this, let's go. Let's get this match on the cards. But yeah, um, but Beastar more than held up their end of the bargain as well yeah, here. They were great. Um, you know, you know I, I was sort of surprised when they won the Noble Contender match previously, considering the high caliber of talent that was also in the match Mm -hmm. that they beat so you know i wasn't sure what to make of that but yeah they really i thought they smashed it here yeah me too and i thought commentary did a really good job of putting them over as well Mm. and you know particularly uh i think it was Stu was a big fan of suzumi and that that certainly helped that really yeah you know when, when you've got commentary behind you as a viewer you're immediately on your way aren't you definitely and yeah i thought i thought that was great but it's well deserved i think they worked really well as a team mm-hmm. i really like Miami, and i like her style as well and I, yeah i'm definitely going to be paying more attention to b star going forward i thought they were really really good here. yeah I, I do think that's just one of the things with both of us where we're still in the scheme of things still relatively young viewers of uh ddt and mm. Tokyo Joshi pro um it's we're still kind of getting to grips with some of the uh some of the wrestlers as they you know the natural ebb and flow of cards so you know there's people that are then more featured and then maybe slightly less featured for a period Mm -hmm. of time and so there's people that we haven't seen as really featured performers having matches like this that were like oh okay yeah they can really go like yeah because we haven't really had the chance to kind of see that outside of maybe more throwaway matches so to see them in kind of a marquee match here really you know is is eye-opening yeah you're bang on absolutely um what was also eye-opening was suzumi's crossbody to the outside wow that was great she absolutely nailed them yeah and oh yeah it, that looked amazing she, she was like a bullet it was fantastic and it i don't know what it was i think maybe that she held the shape longer than most people tend to do with a crossbody yeah. but she felt like she you know the shape she was in when she left was the shape she was in when she landed yeah. and just wiped them out it was yeah. it was amazing it felt like often when people do cross bodies they just feel like they're looking to you know to make as not you know light contact with the person they're yeah. going to or you know it felt like she was trying to go through these people yes yes Absolutely. I think was the difference. You're so like, right. She had that follow through. She was trying. She was aiming for the other side of these people. <laughs> Bang on, mate! Absolutely, yeah, so true. This was just a really, really good tag match. Again, well worth your time checking it out. I thought the finish was great. I like that it's often May that picks up the win for the team. Yeah, me too. And then Saki Sama sort of not congratulates her but sort of pats her on the head after yeah. the match she said, oh, whoa, good job well done off you go go get the tray mm-hmm. but yeah it was a real brutal submission hold uh, that she had on it looked really nasty very evil you know lots of nasty facial expressions from evil may just a really great match overall so yeah i'm not sure i've got more to say about it than that just well worth your time to check out oh truly yeah but one thing i have got something to say on is We'd like to do a bit of dream booking here. And I would like to see, if it hasn't happened already, Camille versus Saki-sama in two of the uh, tallest members of the roster going at it. That would be really interesting. That would be a fun one. Well, you know, I mean, even though it has happened before, you've got uh, elevated Camille, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 
And here we go. Main event time. Princess of Princess title match. Uh, Rika Tatsumi, the White Dragon, against the Pink Striker, Mayu Yamashita. And oh my gosh, another absolute killer. Kel Surprise on this card. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew you know, whatever the outcome, this match was going to kick ass. Mm. You know, you've got sort of two of the very best in the company. Um, you know, I still feel like, again, just where we talk about where there's people that are sort of more or less featured, it felt like from what we'd viewed, Tatsumi kind of came out of nowhere to win the yes. title. Yeah. And isn't necessarily fully established in my eyes. Yeah, um, same. So I don't yeah. know, you know, if you're a long-term viewer of tjpw that's probably not the case but but for us it did feel a bit like oh okay you know it feels like they're trying out someone new here that you know we're not familiar with Mm. but you know obviously that's we've not been following for years so it might be that it's she's had a long slow steady climb to to the belt but she's been a really fun champion i've enjoyed her title defenses enjoy all those them hip strikes absolutely them hip attacks and just all her kind of slightly out there mannerisms in the ring. I think she's just a fun character to watch. Yeah, definitely. I love the call on commentary as well. I think it was Brooke said this, where he was saying, you know, if you win the Princess of Princess Championship, there's always going to be a bit of a question mark of have you really won it unless you defended it against mm. the striker? And I, I thought that added a lot of stakes. And you know, particularly when you know the ending, which was that Yamashita won the belt. And is now the first three-time Princess of Princess yeah. champion. It's a big so deal. That one is still outstanding for Rika Tatsumi. You know, does, yeah. it, does it sort of, in her mind as a character, nullify her title reign? I certainly hope mm. not, because that would be sad. But, you know, from what the context that Brooks provided there, I thought was really good and made it very interesting. Yeah, so she's still got something, despite being champion, she's still really got something to prove going forward. She Everyone still needs has, that victory yeah. over Yamashita. Absolutely, absolutely. But this was an absolute banger. Really good stuff. Man, Yamashita's kicks are so crazy. Oof, dearie me. Yeah, she's she's definitely one of my favourites in uh, TJPW. You know, yes. one of the people that's maybe the least of a character, but just is such a good wrestler. Like, it's yeah. just undeniably very, very good. Top, top top draw and i really like her little subtle facial expressions mm. you know particularly when she's around ito and she's got a slightly wizened smile or what have you it's <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun and yeah. that's such an unlikely partnership now it's great i think they really work well together and you know you could see them uh embracing the and uh, some stuff that was on social media after the show, which is really good stuff. Yeah, it's real nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, really nice. Could could go for Ito and Yamashita getting a uh, princess tag team title match. 100%. 100%. Okay, well, this all leads us to Cyberfight Festival. All roads lead to Cyberfight Festival 2021. As we now know that the TJPW princess princess title match for the show is going to be Mai Yamashita versus yuka sakazaki that's another banger on paper mm. oh absolutely yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a real goodie really good stuff and let's just have a little chat about cyber fight fest as a whole because we're kind of getting more visibility now on what the card looks like mm. and- well you know we didn't talk about it we we glossed over it during our coverage of the ddt show here but you know we had keno turn up shit we had keno turn up my word how do we not talk about that okay, so we've yeah. got we've got another another match on the on the cards you know, oh my god for that which yeah. is gonna whip ass i'm certain absolutely so keno uh from pro wrestling Noah, the leader of congo uh hit the ring had a bit of a face-to-face with uh yukio sakaguchi and of course the man himself president takagi keno being the angry man that he is just looked <laughs> great in ddt <laughs> Just, yeah, just livid Keno in the, in the happy-go-lucky world. So of angry, yeah, so angry all the time. I think he's on the internet quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was really good stuff. And this is what I'm enjoying about this. And they're not overplaying their hand here. You know, we've only had a couple of cross-brand interactions. I think Takeshita turned up in Noah very briefly. Uh, Inamura and Kiyomiya from Noah mm. turned up in DDT, but didn't do masses, you know, just right. wetting the appetite. This was a little bit more punchy, but again, wasn't 
it's not been overcooked basically there's a lot of intrigue here and i think they're leaving themselves a lot of leg room to to stretch out into but yeah exciting stuff so that one is going to be a big 12-man tag team match so that's uh president takagi akito uh haguchi and sakaguchi of eruption naomi yoshimura who's back that's great news mm-hmm. uh yukio naya and hideki okatani against the Congo boys of Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Masakitamiya, Manu Busoya, Hao, and Neo as well. Yeah, I uh, that's going to be a banger, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolute banger. And, you know, probably quite a good way of getting a lot of high-profile people into one match. Mm. But there's stakes there as well. And I think it really helps that you've got Congo as a stable, by and large, in yeah. there too. That really, it feels coherent then doesn't it you yeah. can imagine keno leading the congo stable against the ddt guys you know yeah points absolutely yeah it works well uh what else have we got on this card so the the, the other singles championship matches that we have at the second are keiji muto against namachi marafuji who we spoke about this one last week but going to be a very exciting match on paper as well mm. i think a lot of people will be clamoring for a marafuji win here i think so yeah, that's very intriguing. And Junakayama against Harashima. Again, very good stuff. Mm-hmm. What I've seen of Harashima, I've been very, very impressed. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun match. So that's going to be really good stuff. And he's kind of, in many ways, the, the beating heart of DDT. I think he's had, I want to say, 10 runs with the KOD oh, wow. Championship. Something to that effect. Um so, you know, synonymous with the promotion, definitely you know, worthy challenger to Akiyama. What else we got? The tag team match we alluded to earlier, uh, Kiyomiya versus An Inamura against Takeshita and Yuki Ueno. Deary me. So that's all of the, the quote-unquote young talent. Uh, yeah. No and DDT going at it there. That's going to be crazy. And they have they announced as well that all of the... TJPW roster are going to be on the show as well. Right. Okay. Interesting. How so is this it, all of the full all the full time competitors will be on the show in in some fashion. I get the feeling they might do some sort of battle royal or yeah. rumble or something like that. Um, but I do think you know what have we got here? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six matches announced at the mm-hmm. second for the main card at least. There's room yeah. for maybe one or two more. I think so. Yeah. Um, if you include, I think they've announced four matches for the pre-show. Yes, from from Gamba. Yes, and most likely a rumble as well. So I put it to you: who's missing at the second? Do you think? You know, who do you think really needs a showcase on this one? Hmm. I'm not sure. It does feel like a lot of the bases have been covered. I'm struggling to think. Do you do you have anyone in mind? Well, I'm surprised that given that the structure of this appears to be more about putting the big names up front to yeah. try and get people in, which is a good strategy to, you know, to keep them there going forward. I'm surprised Makito isn't there yet. Yeah, that is, yeah, that does seem strange that, yeah, she's not got anything on her dance card. Yeah, and we mentioned about Brooks earlier. It would be nice to see him on there. Mm. Yeah, can we can we get a... A tag team, intergender tag team match, perhaps. Yeah, that that might be good. Yeah, good way to use utilize them both. I'm not quite uh, sure who they'd go up against, mind you. No, no, yeah, that's that's a tough one, isn't it? But something along those lines. Um, the Noah Juniors haven't been featured as yet. Same with uh, uh, Segura is another name that you could probably see being on there. So there are a few more places yeah. to go, but I think they've been careful here in just not overdoing the inter-promotional no, stuff. No, keeping it Le- special. Yeah, keeping it special and leaving a lot more uh, a lot more room to work yeah. with going forward. Because I think, you know, if you're going to keep this as an annual event, it'd there's be no quite exciting. It. Yeah, there's no need to rush it. And it's going to make for an interesting, you know, tentpole within the calendar for these companies. Because, you know, when it gets to... March, April time, you're going to start thinking about Cyberfight Festival and who's going to be the champions going into that match, particularly if they, you know, run the Saitama Super Arena again. It's a big old mm-hmm. venue. So it does focus the mind a little bit 
in terms of where these promotions are at that point in the year. So I think it'll be interesting going forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, how this one plays out and then hopefully this does become that annual sort of tentpole event that yes. the, you know, the, 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 well, they're just the cyber fight stable of companies, uh, calendar revolves around. Yeah, definitely. Whilst we're on the subject, I'm not looking to be critical at all, but just as something that I've observed on social media and to to an extent with the output of the companies themselves, I think there's an interesting dynamic going on at the second between New Japan, who are the undisputed heavyweights of the you know, Japanese wrestling mm. scene, and the constituents of the cyber fight stable, you know, NOAA, DDT, and TJPW in particular, where it feels like Cyberfight are starting to get more momentum here. Definitely. Uh, I think most people would fairly say that New Japan has slowed down a bit this year. Certainly not in ring. There's some great stuff in ring to be found, but storyline wise, there's a lot to, th- there's been a, a bit to be desired to be yeah, fair. It's questionable. And I think it's starting to turn people off a little bit, which is a shame because the wrestling is fantastic, but you can understand it. And you do just wonder if these guys are on the up at just the right time. Mm, It seems like it, doesn't it? Mm. You know, because Pro Wrestling Noah are putting out, you know, banger card after banger card with the sort of action that you might associate with New Japan. Mm -hmm. And then DDT uh, are doing a very similar thing, but they have more youthful talent yeah you know you might not have seen before maybe got their own house style you know you in terms of what you can expect from a card yeah definitely and then tjpw as we said are on a very stellar run at the second yeah. so but is is in stark pretty stark contrast to say a stardom yeah definitely so it's it's an interesting dynamic at the second that we're seeing i don't know that i'd call it a power shift as such but it could be the early days of one. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, I'm not expecting any of these companies to immediately become, you know, the number one in the in the field. But th- it's definitely closing the gap between one and one and two, isn't it? Yeah, and I would say that these guys, as a collective, are definitely number two. Oh, in a big well. way, yeah. yeah. And I think the thing as well is that one of the things that New Japan are lacking or struggling with. Uh, the lack of gaijin performers, the lack mm. of imports that they're able to yeah. use. And I think it's almost exposed a slight issue in that you didn't realize quite how reliant they were mm. on them. Again, not for match quality or anything like that, but certainly for moving things forward, it was a bigger part than most people realized at yeah, the time. I think so. And you're starting to see some interaction between AEW and New Japan, which is only going to be good for them. But you're also seeing interaction between AEW and the Cyberfight stable as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's becoming a more even playing field in in some in some senses. And I just wonder if you know continual fan sentiment shifting away from New Japan might just see these guys start to make a real challenge for the top spot. Maybe in 2022, 2023. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of watch and unfold as, as time goes on. I personally, these are where this is where sort of my wrestling allegiances lie in Japan at the moment, it was, is with the cyber fight stable. Yeah, well, it's just the stuff that I'm finding most fun. Exactly. You know? That's yeah. it. That's it. But we still love our new Japan and we'll be certainly continuing to cover them. It's just a, an interesting discussion and observation. Uh, that I've seen evolve on social media, yeah. etc. Um, if you have thoughts, please let us know. Yeah. We'd like to hear about it. We'd love this sort of stuff. So yeah, check us out. We're on the socials at Wrestling Pod. That's Wrestling About the E on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you do want to watch Cyberfight Festival, uh, I did write an article uh, detailing how to watch, when to watch, all that good stuff, which is up on itrwrestling.com. Yeah. You can search it via Google and we're the second one on there. Come yeah. on, Gareth, get in there. Smashing that SEO. Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps us up for this show. I think you so. Anything you wanted to add? No, no. But next time we're on the air, you may be speaking to council, Councilman Wood. Oh, yes. Oh, go on. Fill in, fill in the backstory real quick. 
I am awaiting the results of the local elections as I have uh, run to be a city councillor in my hometown of Salisbury. My word. Corporate Gareth is on the way. <laughs> on the Zoom in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> hair, hair all slicked back. Yeah. Oh, man, we're in trouble, people. Um, this is good stuff. Yeah, best of luck to you, mate. Thank you very much. Um, if they know what's good for them, I'm sure they will vote you in. <laughs> vote would indeed. All right, folks. Um, so we're going to be back next week. Uh, might have something special lined up for you, but we can't announce it just yet. So do keep an eye on those socials. Again, it's at Wrestling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's Wrestling About the E. We are certainly going to dip into PWA Black Label's uh, Velocities show. So we're going back down under. And catching up with one of our favorite tag teams that we used to watch routinely over here before mm. the pandemic, Aussie Open. Can't wait to see Aussie Open wrestling. Yeah, it's been been a long time. Been a long time, way too long. Cannot wait to see the guys go out. Um, in the meantime, if you need links, wrestlingpod.com is where you'll find them. Links to listen, personal Twitters, all that good stuff. ITRwrestling.com has the news and views that you may need in your life. And if you need a magazine, hey, why not check out inside the ropes magazine.com for that or wh smith or wh smith if you live in the uk we are actually available in the us and ireland canada i think australia as well so you know do check your local retailer for inside the ropes magazine and from a merchandise point of view if you want some mugs if you want some shirts some hoodies then check out shop.itrwrestling.com you can rep your boys from the wrestling podcast right there that pretty much wraps us Apologies if we've been incoherent as hell. Seven thirty AM is perhaps suboptimal for a podcast. You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> However, if you really like the seven thirty AM recording time vibe, hell no, is it happening again? <laughs> like you're shit out of luck if you want this this uh, this again. <laughs> All right, folks, that's us for for another week of the wrestling podcast. Stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs.